don't know if it's fair to have like a cute kid concert, but I think our church wins. We got some <laughs> cute little kids. Oh my goodness. So the, uh, the passage for today that I'll speak on is uh, Psalm 23, probably the most known and memorized passage of Scripture. And so I'll read it, even though we probably know it, <clears throat> but I do invite you to listen for the Word of God, and then uh, I'll speak to this, to this passage. So it's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy or love will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for your word, and we ask that your spirit open wide our hearts and our minds, that we might hear more clearly and therefore obey more truly your word in our lives, in Jesus' name. As I said, I think the 23rd Psalm is probably the most loved passage in all of Scripture. It's probably the most known passage in all of Scripture, the most memorized. And, and there's good reason for that, because I think Psalm 23 speaks as clearly as any verse, as any passage in all of Scripture about the simplicity of the love of God, about the beauty of the love of God, and about the basic fundamentals of what we need to know about who God is and who we are in relationship to God. If you know Psalm 23, you're at a good starting point to know everything there is about who God is and who we are in relationship with God. So I want to think about that this morning. I need to tell you that at the end of the sermon this morning, there will be a test. And I'm not kidding. And, uh, and so I'll try to make it clear what you will be tested on. Uh, but there will be a test. And I need to warn you, you just don't want to fail church. Okay, so kind of pay attention because there is a test at the end of it. Now, so the first, what I'm going to say now, this is not on the test. This is extra credit, okay? But if we're looking at the psalm, the kind of background for the psalm, the, uh, the thought behind the psalm, in fact, the thought behind all of, uh, all of reality, is that in this reality that is called life, there are things that are extraordinarily good, and there are things that are extraordinarily evil. There is good and there's evil. There's good and there's bad. Now, it is so obvious, let's just leave it at that. But it is so obvious we need to do something with it, because the good can be so delightful, and the bad can be so miserable. How do you account for that? Well, one way that in, in popular spirituality it be, it's accounted for is that behind the good, there's a good energy. Behind the bad, there's bad energy. And so the, the rule in this kind of popular spirituality is that you want to tap into all the good vibrations, you know, the good energy, and you want to try not to tap into the bad energy, the bad vibrations, or whatever. And it, it just fits so well into kind of modern culture, because with this kind of thinking of just energy, uh, you don't have to know doctrine, you, you don't have to be faithful, 
You just have to know a few methods to kind of absorb the good energy when you're in trouble and get rid of the bad energy when you don't want to be in trouble. And by the way, do you notice this anymore? I notice it more and more. That if you hear, in, in like your, your secular friends, if somebody has a need, you know, how, if, and you say you want to help that person in need, the, the language that I'm hearing more and more now is not that I will pray for you, because, you know, that implies a relationship with the Almighty, but that I will send thoughts your way. I will send some energy your way. Good vibrations. We're getting this kind of spirituality that's radically impersonal. It just has to do with, you know, bringing in good energy and getting rid of bad energy. Now, that is not the Bible worldview. The biblical worldview is that it's not just energy, it's personality. We have the personality of God, which in these passages, God calls himself the good shepherd, the shepherd. So we have a God who is personal, who knows us, who we can know. And evil, in John 10, is depicted as the wolf. The wolf personally wants to eat you up. It's helpful to know something about this evil that wants to chew you up. It's helpful to know a little bit about that. So, and we have everything in the middle. We have the hireling who is faithful as long as there's no trouble. And if there's trouble, he's out of there. And we have sheep, which is us. And so it all has to do with personality and relationship. And that's where Psalm 23 starts. So let's look at Psalm 23. This is going to be on the test. I'm serious about this. What do we know about God? That's question number one. What do we know about God? This is what the psalm says. Because the psalm tells us everything we need to know about God and who we are. What do we know about God? The Lord... What's the next word? It's the first thing we know about God. The, there's three I words here, so I'm trying to help you so you can pass your test. Okay? The first thing we know about God is that the Lord is. The Lord exists. It's not just that we need, like Freud says, we need to have some kind of crutch because we're messed up or whatever. It doesn't start with our need. It starts with God's being. The Lord is. And everything else flows from that. Everything else from the Psalms, everything else in all of Scripture, everything else about our life. The Lord is. That's the first thing we need to know. The second thing, these are all I words, what you need to know about God. The Lord is. The Lord is infinite. The Lord created the heavens and the earth. The Lord created the, the sheep and the sheepfold. That that the Lord is in control, the Lord is infinite in power. In fact, the Lord is infinitely in control even of the wolf, even of evil. So we know that the Lord is. We know that the Lord is infinite, infinitely powerful even over the wolf. And we know, third thing you need to know, it's on the test, the Lord is, the Lord is infinite, the Lord is intimate. The Lord is, now, <clears throat> if we're reading the Psalms, this is what we would expect to hear. The Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. What does the psalmist say? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. The Lord knows us. We'll get back to that, because that's so important. The Lord knows us, Jesus says, they know my voice, and I know them. He knows us intimately. So what do we need to know about God? This is test review. We know that the Lord is, the Lord is, and the Lord is? All right, so far you're working on an A. Now let's move on. 
What do we know about who we are? This is not on the test, this is extra credit. We know we are sheep. Now, what does that mean in general? Let me suggest that if you take that image of we as being sheep seriously, and I want to take that very seriously, we are sheep. What do we know about sheep? What do we know about who we are? Well, let me suggest several things, extra credit. We know about sheep that sheep are not very smart. You know that, right? That in fact, we're not as smart as we think we are. I, I've been reading, this has been a whole spat of books lately published about just that, how we're not as smart as we think we are. In terms of economics, we're just terrible at predicting the economic future. In terms of sociology, let me just focus on this for a minute. In terms of psychology, I just read a couple of reviews on books that speak to this, that we are notoriously bad about predicting our emotional state in the future. That what we tend to do is draw a line down. If we're sad now, it's going to be worse in the future. And we tend to do that over and over again. And the reality is, we're just pretty much ignorant about our emotional future state. We are not as smart as we think we are, because we're sheep. More than that, we're not as independent as we think we are. We're sheep. We need each other. We're part of the body. And not only that, we're not as self-determined as we think we are. Sheep are sheepish. And you can't move beyond that. We're human and we can't rise above our humanity. So let's review. What do we know about God? God and God is, and God is. Now what do we know about who we are in a positive sense? This is going to be on the test. We know we are okay. Now, when I started seeing that there was an acronym here, okay, I had no idea where OK comes from. This is an aside. This is just useless, fun information. Do you know what OK stands for? I had no idea. Okay. So I went to Wikipedia, which is always right. And I, in fact, it's true. And I double-checked it on another website. So uh, this is, I think this is true. If things, you see things uh, on two different websites, web never lies. So <clears throat> it stands for, according to Wikipedia, all correct, spelled the way I would spell things. <laughs> I guess it was developed in the early 1800s when spelling didn't count. All correct. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's true because Wikipedia said it. But this is what I'm going to say. This is what we know about ourselves. We are okay. Sorry, get excited. The O, we are owned. We are owned. Jesus says in John 10, I know my sheep, they are my sheep. Not like the, I'm not the hireling. I'm not the one who just hired, and if danger comes, I'm going to run away. I own these sheep. We are owned. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you need to know that you're not your own. You have been purchased with a price. And that we are owned, that's a positive thing, because we are God's prized possessions. And as God's prized possession, we are deeply cared for. That's what John 10 says. God cares for us because we're owned, because we are the prized possessions of God. So what do we know about ourselves? We are O, we are owned, and K, we are known. I know my sheep, and they know me, and they know my voice, and I know them. In fact, he knows us so much because he came and lived among us. He experienced the fullness of, of humanity. In fact, he suffered and he died 
to rise again, to live intimately within us. So what do we know about who we are? We know we are owned and we are known. We are okay. So we know that God is. God is infinite. God is intimate. We know about ourselves that we are okay. We are owned and we are known. Let's move on. Where do we live? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we live in the valley of the shadow of death. That's our dwelling place. Now, <clears throat> take that literally. This is the valley of the shadow. You can't get out of it. There's no way out of this. Go back to the first stanza, verses one, uh, verse 1, 2, and 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Where are the green pastures? The valley of the shadow of death. He leads me beside the sti still waters. Where are the still waters? the shadow of death. He maketh me to walk on paths of righteousness. Where are the paths of righteousness? In the valley of the shadow of death. There's no way out of it. This is not supposed to be easy. We're in the valley of the shadow of death. It's just that we are with God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Now, by the way, there's something of the little engine that could in that statement. I shall fear no evil. That's a statement of belief, but it's also a statement of hope. You're walking through the valley of the shadow. The valley of the shadow of death is scary. But I fear no evil. Really, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. Really. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Really. So, so we know who God is. God is. God is infinite. God is intimate. We know who we are. We are okay. We know where we live. We're in the valley of the shadow of death. We know what we're supposed to do in the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I walk. Pay attention to little words. Take the little words seriously and literally. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When you're in a scary place like the valley of the shadow of death, the tendency, psychologically and spiritually, is fight or flight, right? And part of the one way we, uh, we fly, we hide, is that we hide. So the tendency when you're in a scary position, the valley of the shadow of death, is that you'll run away, you'll fight, or you'll hide. What the scripture tells us is that we're in the valley of the shadow of death and what we're called upon to do is walk faithfully, consistently, persistently with the Lord. Faithful walking in the ways of the Lord. And I fear no evil, really, I'm not afraid. Over and over again. So we know who God is. See, all the fundamentals are here. We know who we are. We are okay. We know where we live. We're in the valley of the shadow of death. We know what we're to do. We're not to hide. We're not to fight. We're walking with our Lord Jesus Christ, who is with me. And finally, last thing that will be on the test, we know where we are to find strength. Two F words to help me remember. The first F word in the valley of the shadow of death, focus. He prepares for me a table in the presence of mine enemies. But we need to stay focused so we can see these little tables. In heaven, there's a big, big table. But here, there's just little tables all over the place. And we need to focus on those little gifts and graces that are everywhere prepared for us in the valley of the shadow of death. Let me give a bad example, which I'm so good at. Uh, remember last Monday, it snowed, snow day for the kids, right? We got a bunch of kids on a retreat today, uh, so we're going to pray for them in a minute. But uh, remember it snowed, and, and, um, 
And then the previous Friday, it was like 75 degrees, and everybody's cutting their grass. So I'm in uh, doing my YMCA thing, and I'm in the locker room, and the boys are doing boy stuff, talk in the locker room, complaining. And they're saying, oh, I hate this snow. You know, and they're using locker room language about how terrible this snow is, and I got a shovel, blah, blah, blah. They're just seeing awful things. Later on that day, I get a call from a friend of mine. And she says to me, did you see the snowflakes this morning when the sun was coming up? They were huge and beautiful, and they twinkled. Do you hear the difference? That my friend saw a table, a little gift, in the valley of the shadow of death. There's a way we need to learn to focus on the gifts and the graces that are everywhere present, the little tables. So how do we find strength? First of all, we focus, and second, second F word, still remembering this for the test? We need to know what's following us. What's following us. So, surely goodness and love, or goodness and mercy, there's one Hebrew word that translates either love or mercy, surely goodness and mercy will follow. So doesn't it make sense that every once in a while, let's say, I don't know, once a week, Sabbath rest, we should stop and allow goodness and mercy to catch up with us? I mean, if they're following us, doesn't it make sense that we should rest every once in a while? So goodness and mercy is not just following us, those two are like embracing us? Doesn't that make some sense? So goodness and mercy are following So where do we find strength? We focus and we know we are followed. Okay, are you ready for the test? Don't want to fail church. Okay, the first thing is we know who God is. Who is God? God and God is, and God is good. And we know who we are. We know we are, and we are, we are okay. We are owned and we know. We know where we live. We live in, and in the valley of the shadow of death, we know what we are to do. We are to walk faithfully with our Lord who is with us. He really is. I'm not afraid. And we know where we are to find strength. We are to focus and know we are you guys are okay. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks that though we are in the valley of the shadow, and it's not easy living in the valley of the shadow, you are with us, and you are trustworthy, and you are strong, and you are loving, and our hearts are open this morning that we might receive from you the gifts and graces that are all around in thy love, in Jesus' name. Amen.